This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, where every Sunday of quarantine, and who knows, maybe that just means every Sunday forever, you get a quarantine special edition of this episode. If you are a $5 and up a month backer every Sunday, been doing it for three months now patreon.com slash says who three months huh at, at least i don't even know what time is anymore dan maureen i placed my parents grocery order which is what i was doing as we were preparing for this episode good job now, um that's not got anything to do with the thing I, I want to really talk to you about, which is books. Okay. Uh, books, Dan. I write them. Lots of people you, write them. It's true. And uh, uh, it was announced this week, the official announcement of the Box in the Woods, which will be out next year, which is also behind us on the screen, which is a new Stevie Bell mystery. Yeah. So, you know, but you can read the hand on the, uh, the hand on the wall. You can read Truly Devious, the Vanishing Stare, the hand on the wall. You got to read them in that order. If you read them backwards, it will just not make That'd sense. Be weird. That wouldn't make Nothing, a lot of sense. It wouldn't make sense. But no. this is going to be a standalone mystery. You can read it. If you've never even heard of Stevie before, you'll be able to read it once I've written it. You cannot read it before I've written it. It's just not a yeah, lot. That makes sense. You I mean, what, what if they had a time machine? I what if they had a time machine, they picked up the book, then they brought it back and gave it to you, and then you wouldn't even have to do the writing work. I will have written three books during quarantine, Dan. <laughs> that is wild. You are the most productive person in quarantine. No, no I feel like the least productive. We'll get into it. We'll get into it for books, please. We will. Just, ugh. And sometimes you want things that aren't books. Sometimes you want shirts or coffee mugs or fanny packs or 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 a fanny face pack. covering. Face covering. And you can go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com and get those things. Get those things at merch.sayswhopodcast.com. You guys, we did it. Coronavirus is over. Yes. We did it. It's done, everybody. Wait, Maureen, 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 Maureen. Wait, wait, wait. What? What are you saying? It's not. It's not over. Maureen, it is. The coronavirus is not over. Dan. We're moving into a new phase. We did it. Don't you understand? We won. You guys, we did it. We won. It, we did it. Yay. Okay, okay. Stop. You all are moving into a new phase. Here in Illinois, we are moving into a new phase. Both of our states have actually done a remarkable job of bringing caseload down while also getting testing up, though I think both are probably premature and moving in the actual phase that that they are moving into. But more than that, totally Maureen done. Johnson, totally are you done. kidding me? What? We are at 
the point of the same number of cases across the country as we were in the worst of it back in March, except right now it isn't all in one state. It's in a whole bunch of states who all of whose numbers are not only lower than New York's were at that point, but still moving up, which means that likely we're going to be hitting higher caseloads than we were seeing back in March. Nothing is over, Maureen. Nothing is over. It is deeply still here with us. There is not a fucking vaccine. There's nothing. No, no, no music. Maureen, no, it's not over. And I I ordered all these foam fingers. See, we did it. Oh. What am I going to do with them? Save them for later. It's really disappointing. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It is a coping strategy. And I am Maureen Johnson. Wow, you're really working on pronunciation there. And I am Dan Sinker. Dan, how are you? (laughs) Maureen. I'm not great. I'm not great, Maureen. I have to admit... I think that I hit I hit the COVID blues yesterday. You want to talk us through that, Dan? Just so we... Uh, I just, I, as, as any says Whovian who has been listening for a while knows, I'm following these numbers really closely. I'm, you know, we're, we're doing as tight a lockdown as we can muster here at our house. Um... <sighs> And yesterday I just kind of hit that wall of like, what is it all where nothing is getting better? <laughs> I just want to I, I know. <laughs> I know. I just am seeing dumb people do dumb things. I'm seeing smart people do dumb things. I just, you know, and then I'm watching these numbers just tick up higher and higher and higher. And it, uh, <sighs> Oh, I just hit it. I hit the, I hit a wall yesterday for sure. I mean, first of all, today is our second wedding anniversary for me and Oscar. And, hey, um, that's fine. You know, we were together a long time before we're like, oh, let's get married. And then it was fun because we did it in the summer and the way we like to do it. We're outside. We got married in Central Park. We had a party. You know, it was like I look back. I was like, oh, this is outside, wasn't it? Look at that. No masks in sight. That was pretty cool. And yeah. uh, today I went out, I was like, hey, happy anniversary. What do you want to do? You want to stay in? <laughs> and then he <sighs> said, I've been looking at these graphs because he also looks at the graphs every day. Yeah. And he said, look at this. California, Texas, Arizona, Florida. He's like, look at the curve. He's like, they have now surpassed. They're going faster than the doubling per two days curve. Yeah. So. Yeah. California isn't doubling every two days, but it is just on a steady, steady stream. Everyone else is is absolutely hitting a hitting an exponential point. It's just kind of a it's just kind of a straight line. that's going up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Not here in New York. I will say that we are plunging. We are. 
Yeah. Y'all are doing y'all doing good in Illinois. We're doing really good. And I think that's part of it to me is like there is. There is an opportunity to probably let my guard down a little bit, but I don't Mm -hmm. trust it. You know, yeah, it's hard. Like, yeah. Um, And certainly in other places, don't be letting your guard down at all. Um, And like, I would define letting my guard down a little bit as like maybe taking, getting takeout. (laughs) Like that's about, (laughs) that's me really loosening up. Well, Dan, I'm going to really do a little therapy right here. I'm going to definitely recommend you get takeout as someone who's been getting takeout since the very beginning. You can... If it comes to your door and it's delivered to your door, it's easily processed. Yeah. Truly. And I say that as someone who like lived in the vortex, you know, it's, yeah. you can definitely, um, you can, especially if you have an outside, you can just open up the bag outside, remove the containers, you know, and, uh, it's, it's relatively easy to do. Yeah. Um, we do no, it totally. at least twice a week. It's our, it's part of our commitment to also the local restaurants. So we, um, we were using Seamless at first, and then we were like, oh, we should be ordering from them directly because they're direct, getting price yeah. gouged. So um, we, you know, we just order direct from the restaurants, and food gets, you know, that is a very New York way of living. Um, so obviously, everything here is really set up for that. But uh, it supports the restaurants and it may make you feel a little bit like. Because it's it's definitely safe, it, you know, just take the packaging out off outside and wash your hands and, you know, you're basically fine. We also keep a collection of uh, well, I do takeout containers because I'm trying to mm-hmm. repurpose them all. Dan, I've got about five thousand. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you ever go and you ever <laughs> eat in a restaurant where you can see the open kitchen? Yeah, uh, I, I'm all... familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see what they're doing. And they have all, what I love is when they just have basic flat plastic containers of raw or prepared ingredients with a sticker on them of what they've made that day. Yeah, so totally. I have that now because I keep saving all these fucking containers. And so I'm just repurposing them. And then whenever I make something, you know, just everything goes in a store plastic container with a sticker on it. And it's fun. You know, it's that's uh, it's fun. Um, I finally started using the exercise bike. That's helped. Nice. Um, I watched Killing Eve and rode rode about an hour each day, a couple days in a row. Nice. Um, pretty good. You know, and then. You got to it, it it just wears on you after a while. Yeah, I think that's the thing to me is it's just it is it is wearing. I think we have now, you know, my brain has made the transition to okay, the kids are out of school and it is summer and normally we would be on the road, we are not right. doing that for any number of obvious reasons and just sort of the the settling like there is it it feels actually very similar to when we locked down originally, which was just at the cusp of New York getting nuts. Right. And right. waiting for that and wondering when it would hit here or if it would hit here. And like it feels a little bit like that again, just watching these different states 
start to get bad, hearing very similar things from the governors of those states, sort of slowly recognizing that they can't simply talk this thing out of existence and that, in fact, it is bad. And, you know, that that sort of thing is um, is hard. But, yeah, it's it's it is wearing on me. That said, you know, I'm doing okay. I uh, I think that I'm in the best shape of my entire life uh, from quarantine. So there's that. Wow. Yeah. Not kidding. Because you're using a treadmill. Uh, I'm not actually doing the treadmill. Janice is doing the treadmill. She has been going. uh, She has been going uh, five miles a day, five days a week, or actually more than that. Six, six miles a day or something like that. Five days a week. She's doing over. She's doing a a marathon a week um, is what she's running. But um, yeah, she's in good shape. I have been uh, I have been lifting using elastic bands uh, and it is fucking wild. Uh, Yeah. So it's um, yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly some positives, but I would say right now it's not I'm I'm feeling a little draggy, but I no, I I feel you. I feel like because I have a I have some books to write. And some days it's just, there's just this, uh, the, the brain, our brains have taken some weird hits. Yeah. And and I think we're getting, we, we feel it in stages and, um, you know, the initial shock, then the hitting your stride, then like, okay, I guess we're still doing, it's like we're on a plane ride for, for, for four months. Right. Coupled with, I think the biggest thing for me has been watching other people do things that I am not going to do and right. be like, is it me? <laughs> like, is it, am, am I actually not in the, like, am, but, you know, but the reality is, is that everyone needs to measure in something like this. There is a level of just sort of like, you need to measure your risk tolerance for yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, my risk tolerance on this is quite low. But, you know, there there have been multiple conversations that I've had this week where I'm like, no, I'm definitely not doing that. And then I'm like, is it wrong that I'm not doing that? But teach their own. Teach their We're own. sort of, you know, for example, we have moved into phase two in New York this week, which meant outdoor dining open. Yeah. And we talked about it here. And Oscar said, how do you feel about it? And I'm like, my policy is I don't want to be the first through the door for anything. (laughs) Um, That's sort of my baseline is let's give it a couple weeks. And see how that works. Because right now, no. I think there's just too many questions. Um, You know, I also asked Oscar today because their work has decided they decided way back that they were going to work remotely at least until September. Yeah. At a minimum, because some, some offices were able to reopen here and, uh, but there, but with lots of restrictions, like right. Really only a couple people could go in. So I think someone's got, was able to go into their office and I don't know, make sure the lights still work or something. Right. Um, they're, you know, it's, it's that weird feeling of, 
a couple of things open and you, and we don't know we're we don't know if we're in lockdown or not. Right. Cause we're in like quasi lockdown. Right. And that's something yeah. more confusing. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that, I think it's especially confusing because yet again, there is no national standard for this. Um, and, or there are, CDC guidelines, but almost nobody is following them. Um, And so like you all are in moving into phase two. We are on Friday, apparently moving into phase four (laughs) of which phase five is there's a vaccine. So it feels a little premature to be jumping into phase four. Um, and yeah, so there is just a general, you know, Illinois has has ho- overall done a very good job, but I don't I don't know many people that are like, yes, this feels right to me. Um but then there are other places that are way further ahead on than either of our states and should not be. For instance, Comedian D.L. Hughley passed out on stage at a Zanies nightclub in Nashville this weekend, Maureen. I don't. <sighs> who was then whisked to the hospital and diagnosed with COVID. He was doing four nights, two shows a night. It was during his second night uh, uh, stand there. That this happened, and it turns out that the Zanies in Nashville has been booking uh, comedians there since the beginning of June. Sure. Apparently, according to Nashville's plan, in the phase two that they moved into, you could have live entertainment if it was not a bar and you served food. What? Mm-hmm. Bars are now open. They opened this Monday. But before that, uh, the reason that Zany's was able to actually open is because they aren't a bar and they serve food. Because nothing says don't spread a virus like somebody standing on stage yelling and people constantly opening their mouths to put food inside it. Dan, when I saw the story go by, I, I don't know. I think I felt like I was dreaming. Yeah, it was a such a weird headline that that DL Hughley was on stage, and then then he passed out from COVID on. St- I mean, it's. I know yeah. that's what you just said, but I had to say it out loud to myself to try to understand what it means. And this is, I I ended up waking up, I think this was actually the thing that dropped me into my COVID funk, (laughs) but I woke up and saw that headline and just started pulling up various things like the Zany's Nashville booking calendar, which was a real like, man, like Rob Schneider doing four nights. David Spade was supposed to, they canceled the David Spade shows. They were supposed to be happening right now. (sighs) Anyway, the best my, one of the things that was interesting to me was uh, D.L. Hughley made a statement afterwards saying that he was asymptomatic with COVID. But um, here's a news flash, Maureen: if you're passing out on stage, 
that's probably a symptom of your COVID. He's saying that he was being treated for exhaustion, but exhaustion is a symptom of COVID. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I talk with uh, experts that are looking into this stuff and they hate the term asymptomatic for exactly this reason. <laughs> like this dude was not asymptomatic. Like his spokespeople were like, he was just really tired from touring, which first of all, what? Second of all, no, he was probably <laughs> really tired from the COVID. I mean, yeah, first of all, what? There is a, that's a, you gotta stop on that one. Dan, 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 oh, Dan, Dan, we're yeah. gonna cheer you up. Okay. Because. Yeah. We recorded. On Saturday, we recorded we our, the, our one of our quarantine bonus recordings. Yeah, and, and we were we it was it was the day of Trump's Tulsa rally, and we just and we were saying we didn't know how this was going to go and how this was going to affect things and what was going to happen. And Dan, <laughs> we get to talk about what happened. <laughs> we sure do. Who? I, Let's go. Let's I love it. go. Let's go, Maureen. You're right. I do. I, I, we haven't even talked about it, and I already feel better. Dan, Trump was very, very excited about this. And we certainly all knew this Tulsa event was coming. Everyone was like, it's bad timing, bad location, bad everything. And uh, Brett, is it Pascal? Or I believe Pascal? so. I think it's so. Who is Trump's uh, re-election campaign coordinator? I assume. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 the head of the campaign. Last year or last time around, he was head of digital, but now he's head of the whole thing. Well, this guy just was psyched as shit about the good job he was doing. He kept tweeting out sign up numbers. Yeah, and uh, they were saying eight hundred thousand people you know, had signed up and, you know, it was good. That's why we were all, first of all, everyone was a little like, hmm, well, we'll see. And also just yikes, like, what we'll was see. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. We'll see what's going to happen at this rally. So, um, they built, there's so many people that they built an outdoor stage for the overflow, <laughs> uh, and additional speeches from Pence and Trump. And now as someone, like I used to work. The wildest thing about that just just slow to slow down the story for one second mm -hmm. earlier in the week when the numbers had not gotten up to the 800,000 signups they had already decided that they were going to get because it was a 20,000 person arena they had arranged for a 40,000 person space next to it for a simulcast and then the numbers just kept getting bigger and at some point they decided not even to do that but instead to build this outdoor stage just to to to, to give the tiktok on the timing there and i used to when i was in grad school i worked for a media events company the kind of people that came in and built your stages for your events and did all the back like the kind of people that would go in and, and do that and build the stage yeah. and prep everything. And that setup is going to run them a couple hundred thousand or more. Oh, like, yeah. that's, like that's, 
that was some ex- that just to put that all that shit up is expensive. Yeah. So we the stage is set. Literally, the stage is set. We've got the arena. We've got now the construction of a massive outdoor space. Uh, everything you know, people at, at the time that we recorded, people had been lining up since dawn. Yeah. None of them yeah. in masks. I think it was shortly after we finished recording that the first bit of like, oh, are we moving into a fiasco came out, which was that six members of Trump's advance team had tested positive for COVID. The like logistics team on the ground there. And actually, since then, I believe two more people have tested positive. But things got real interesting when they opened the doors. Because what happened, Maureen? They opened the gate and people flooded in. And they they rushed because they were free tickets. So you want to get you wait to get the best seat. Oh, yeah. And they rushed in and they. um, And then the people ran out. (laughs) Uh, They filled the floor. Of yeah, that space. They filled and some of the mezzanine. <laughs> a couple people scattered on the mezzanine, and then at some point, someone looked around and went, "Um, kill the um, strike the stage outside. Just uh, just take that down. Take it down really fast. Just take it down. Just take it down. Just take it fucking down. Because even before Trump got there." You saw a crew roll in really quickly and start taking down the bunting, the yeah. all, and just they broke that stage down. They were broke like, it down. There were like a dozen people standing in front of that stage. It was amazing. So they had to break that stage down before he got there. <laughs> so uh. then this arena, which can hold 20,000 people. How many people showed up then? Uh, the final fire marshal count was just over 6,000. So that's and less than a third. I have spoken to more than 6,000 people at events. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of wrestlers that I follow on Twitter that were like, oh yeah, we've, we've done shows in that arena. That Like they were already being able to give a pretty accurate they were like maybe it's half full but i think it's less than half full because we've done it sold out before that's definitely not a that's not a that's maybe half full yeah i have friends that live in oklahoma and they were like yeah that's that's nothing is happening in that arena right now so six thousand let's and i know everybody's talking about this but let's just really sit on this for a moment this was his massive like return to the rallies, return to the campaign trail. This was the big, this was it, Dan. This was, he's back, he's running. This is the summer, this is the summer campaign that's going to drive us. We're getting in the car to drive to November. Yeah. This is the big party. This is the kickoff. Yeah. In addition to Pascal giving uh, those numbers, Trump gave an interview 
believe to Fox, where he was bragging about the fact that there might be a million people there. There certainly won't be any empty seats because there's never any empty seats. It was like just one of those things that you look at it now and you're like, wow, this is like if you would uh, yet another moment in this whole fucking thing where had you written it, someone would have been like, "Mm, no. It's too on the nose. He can't actively be bragging about how he's never had an empty seat before he has 14,000 of them. Two things seem to have happened. One is that a bunch of very hilarious TikTok kids register for a whole shit ton of tickets. Yeah. To fuck with them. Yep. And nobody came. Yeah. Though both those things appear to be true. Additionally, it seems like they began, as the numbers began to grow, they began to message out that simply if you supported Trump, you should register, which seemed like not the smartest thing in the world. The thing that I really thought about that day was um, I and and the team at the, the org that I used to run, we started a conference I think it's in in its seventh year now. But the first year we did it, we had no idea really how it was going to go. And uh, we put tickets on sale and they sold out in 30 seconds. And we spent a week going through these numbers because we were convinced that something had broken on our end. Before we were able to be like, oh, I guess people just were very excited, right? And instead, these folks get just an absolute asinine swamp number (laughs) of tickets. (laughs) And all they do is go, holy shit, let's build an outdoor stage too. Let's tell everybody. Let's just... It is no who can like what the fuck? Let's assume this is all completely legit and absolutely <laughs> tell everybody up front that this is what's going to happen because yeah. nothing can go wrong now. They have they have since done a lot of like, oh, we check. We knew that there were people giving us fake numbers because we check that stuff. And mm. it's like, OK, but that doesn't actually explain the fact that you built a fucking outdoor stage. And bragged about it. Like so Brad Pascal literally tweeted out at like eight, like moments before they began ri- ripping it down. He was like, outdoor stage is ready to go. Biggest, biggest rally you've ever seen. Dan, can we just have a little fun right now? Oh, I love fun. All right. You're going to be Brad. And <laughs> okay. I'm going to be. And I have gonna the facial be... hair for it. Is he I, presumably he's somewhere in the I don't know if he's traveling with Trump or he's already on the ground. Do you think he's already he's probably on the ground, right? Yeah, he was not he's, with Trump for sure. He's in a command. He's in a war room somewhere on the property, yeah. you know, right. And so then there's the head of the media uh, company, the staging company. So they get a yeah. so you're going about to get a call. Ring, ring. Hey, Brad Pascal here. Hey, Brad, uh, can we just talk to you for a quick second about... Uh, uh, yeah, man. Is it? Do we need to add a second stage? Uh, it's big, you mean, huh? You Biggest mean, thing uh, you... in addition to the one that you've... Uh, yeah, that you, you know, like, what What if we did another? What if we put Dad, one on top? What if we double stacked them? Brad, um, 
Yeah, I know we're about to start, and he's he's on his way. But um, mm-hmm. we've uh, we've been doing a little uh, count down here. We've just uh-huh. been. Oh man, yeah, hit me, hit me. I'm ready. Hold on. All right, now I'm really ready. Uh, well, we think they've all gone in. Hmm. Yeah, there's no more people out here. They've all what they've all you, gone what? in. What? No, be all in, all in for Trump. You mean they've all went in for Trump? And the indoor capacity right now is just under a third. Um, and there's no one else here. So, Fred? 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 So it's about, we have a, what? just over, uh, just over about 6,000 people, we think. I gotta go. I gotta go. What do you what do, what do you want to? I gotta go. I gotta I gotta go. Hey, your problem. Figure it out. Yeah, I think it was like that. Sounds right. So, I did obviously because I have just just a just a drop of self preservation left. I didn't watch one goddamn second of it. No, no. But uh, it was hard to avoid on Twitter. So. Uh, the big, the big, the big thing, the lasting thing was that he had a whole bit where he talked about how uh, he asked for testing to be slowed down. Which then the next day, when asked, uh, spokespeople explained it away as him uh, making a joke. Which I would like the follow-up question to be. Should the president of the United States be making jokes about 120,000 dead Americans? But that's just me. Uh, And then today he was actually asked uh, if he was kidding. And he said, I don't kid. Let's figure that one out. Figure that one out. Yeah. He uh, I know he did a bit where he drank a glass of water. That's where we're at. Yeah. One hand. People went nuts for it. Yeah. Um, how here's my big question. Yeah. For you. Mm. Given what's just happened, because obviously he is just beside himself. Yeah. Um, what is what is he doing? Going to do Did is he doing a is he doing a he, rally today? He is, as we speak, he is on his way to Arizona. They've really booked well in terms of hitting, uh, hitting COVID hotspots. Uh, Oklahoma is on an upswing, but still their caseload is in the high hundreds a day. Uh, mm-hmm. Arizona hit their highest caseload today. At over 3,000. So they are doing good. They're doing good. And uh, yeah, Trump is uh, given a talk today, a Youth for Trump rally that is being held at a mega church uh, outside, I believe, outside Phoenix. Um, the pastors of the church yesterday released a video explaining that they had an HVAC system that was designed by one of their parishioners that can kill 99% of COVID in 10 minutes. I got to go. I got to go, Dan. I have to 
to get a jet ski and I'm going to jet ski off the island and into the sea. So I am goodbye. It has been a lot of fun. And um, just going to get my jet ski and I'm going to go. Well, Maureen. Is this indoor? It's an indoor event. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an indoor event. How many people are they expecting at this? I I have not seen anything, but I would assume I I okay. I will admit that one of my blind spots is the size of mega churches, but I would guess they are not the size of full size basketball arenas. Um, no, but they they're but pretty they're probably big. pretty big. Yeah, I would say if I was guessing off the side of my head, a a, a big old mega church could hold maybe five thousand people. That would be my gut. And that'll fill up. So that'll be nice and tight. Everybody in there just yeah. Really yeah, but they've got but they've got magic. that HVAC. They've got a magic, magic system. Here's the thing. I saw somebody I, I tweeted about their HVAC yesterday and and a guy responded and said, I'm actually a HVAC installer. And yes, the system that they are poorly describing does exist. It existed before COVID. Uh, the trick is that everyone would have to be breathing directly into it. Right. Like if you're if you're next to someone and they're breathing into your face, the HVAC right. is not going to help you. Right. Right. Like unless unless their system is like a whole series of tubes descending down from the ceiling that you strap over your face like a like an airplane oxygen mask. Yeah. Uh, I think mask that on. they're yeah they're going to have some problems, but. It has not, Maureen Johnson, it has not been the best week for this president, but he was able to find a little bit of solace in uh, in an interview that he was able to give to his son, Dojo. <sighs> Which, Maureen, I am almost pained to say... Brings us to our latest installment of Says Hooster Peace Theater. <coughs> Playing the role of Donald Trump Jr. is Maureen Johnson. Playing the role of President Donald Trump is Dan Singh. Okay, so uh, I've been doing the Triggered podcast for a few weeks, and I figured with Father's Day coming up, we have a, a great opportunity to sit in, with the most powerful father in the world. <laughs> So uh, um, I have some uh, interesting questions for you now. Uh, we've had some good fun in the podcast because it gets a little political, obviously, but we uh, want to show up a little bit of humor. So uh, I have a couple of questions that I think are on the minds of all of our viewers. Side note, it's a podcast. So, <laughs> right? It's a podcast. I think it's also, I think it's also on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Okay. So I think all one, these all these right wing shit bags, their podcasts are also YouTube shows. Okay, so the first one, which uh, is also a big one, also on my mind, which uh, which is your favorite Trump child, and why is it Ivanka? 
<laughs> yeah, wise guy over here. All the same, 100%. 100%. percent You know, I'll even say you, only for the purpose of this interview, but other than that, all the same. <laughs> okay, we won't remember that. Now, we've got to talk Twitter because I've had a couple of calls from you from the White House saying, Don, you know, maybe you're getting a little hot on social media. That's true. Do you understand irony and how that works? I do. So just a quick side note. He was actually trying to like dig at his dad there, wasn't he? He just wants a hug. He, but he's saying like, hey, you're calling me out for getting hot on social media. Do you mm -hmm. understand irony? Yeah, I know. So, that was a moment, maybe, a little moment I, there. Maybe he thought that by by directly challenging his father, he might get affection. It's true. All right, back in progress. I do. And I think you're getting a little too hot on Twitter sometimes. You know, uh, it's really, I don't call it Twitter. I call it social media, and it's a way of getting out to the world, and you get out to the world too, and on my behalf, and on the country's behalf, because you want to see good things happen, and sometimes you'll say things that you probably regret. How often does that happen to you? <laughs> well, it's an interesting question. There are probably times I regret it, but I've sort of learned. I think we've probably seen in the last week, sometimes taking it back rather than just owning it is actually worse. So uh, we've all been depicted on Saturday Night Live, you, me, Eric. Which one do you think is the most accurate depiction? And which one do you think is the least accurate depiction? So, you know, I hosted Saturday Night Live. It was amazing, by the way. If you if you haven't watched that, you got to check it out. And I was the topic for many years before I ever did the political thing. Many years I was a topic on Saturday Night Live, but I really don't watch it anymore. I don't find it funny. Rarely do I find it funny, but I don't find it funny. I find it very mean spirited. I find it a DNC affiliate, the DNC, right? And I think it's. I just don't think it's a good show. I really don't. I don't see a lot of talent. I think that the person that portrays me is terribly untalented. He's he's no Daryl Hammond. <laughs> he's he's no Daryl Hammond, Maureen. <laughs> they used to have Daryl Hammond was good. Daryl Hammond was great. They used to have Daryl Hammond, and he was great. And then others, too, but Daryl Hammond was great. Do you think Daryl Hammond has a Google search on his name, and it blew up this week, and he was like, oh, my God. I think he was just sitting there shaking his head like. <laughs> Somebody don't, mentioned don't, me. Don't get me involved in this shit. Then others, too, but Daryl Hammond was great. But no, it's not. It's not a good depiction, in my opinion. But there's nothing funny. It used to be funny kind of thing. And it's just, there's just no, nothing going. They do it on PR. They do it on something. Maybe if they do it on the fact that there's that it's been there a long time. At one point, it was going to be taken off. I think if I didn't win, or if I didn't run, I don't think it would be on the air anymore. I don't say that in a braggadocious way. I just don't think it would be on the air anymore. Before we get to the, the big one, he said braggadocious. He did. He did. It's probably his only five-syllable word that he knows. Brag. 
Yeah, five. <laughs> if you don't run for a third term. He's doing a good interview. When you're done in five years. God, this guy needs love. I mean, <laughs> honestly, if you don't run for a third term, when you're done yeah. in five years, nobody, yeah. ha- nobody, he, I, when do you think the, the contact, the skin on skin contact stopped with him? Oh, I don't think it ever started. His mother's Ivanka, uh, Ivana, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, his mother's Ivana. You don't think she, she held him much or? Oh, well, she probably did. I thought you meant yeah. Trump. I mean, in general, like he really is so damaged that it, I'm just wondering when when it started. I mean, I would gut early toddler. Mm. All right. Well, when you're done in five years, what do you want to do afterwards? What do you what do you do after this? I think what I'll do is just sit back, relax and enjoy watching a great country. And hopefully we'll have somebody in that's going to keep it great. But this country is going to do so well. We did it once. We're going to do it again. And we're doing it in very good style. We're doing it at a level that nobody thought possible. Uh, So to finish up, a couple, uh, uh, two last questions I have for you. I've heard from some of our mutual friends that you don't love my beard. But given the quarantine, I'd like to know between myself, Ted Cruz, and Ra- and Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that boss. <laughs> between myself, Ted Cruz. All right, Dan. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Kill. Oh no! <laughs> Come on. No. <laughs> Come on. Dojo, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul. Fuck Mary Kill. Oh, do it. God. What? Mm-hmm. I can't. Come on. I, I can't. Are you kidding? No. No, this is terrible. This mm-hmm. is all awful. This has been says who? No, 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 no. Myself, Ted Cruz, and Rand Paul. Obviously. It's an obvious one. Come on. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> there we go. Come on. All right. I think you kill Rand Paul. Mm-hmm. I think you fuck Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. And I think you marry Dojo because he'll just what? do anything. Oh, no, no. Oh. We, we we are both on you fuck Ted Cruz, and I think we all know why. <laughs> the chunky soup. It's partially chunky soup, and it's partially he's so he just wants he just wants your affection. You know what I mean? Like he, but you definitely See, that to marry. Me is why he, you would marry Dojo because he's so desperate for affection that once you've married him, he will just do anything. Oh my God, it would be, no, no, you marry Rand Paul. Why do you marry Rand Paul? To find out what's going on with the neighbor. Well, okay, there's that. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And also, if you need your eyes taken care of, he can do it. So like, he can take your eyes and you can find out why his neighbors beat him up. You can find out why he lives in some sort of Twin Peaksian situation. All right, between myself, Ted Cruz, and Rand, we 
at least we've both agreed you fuck Ted Cruz. No, oh, definitely. That is just dark. Oh. You've all grown some kind of quarantine beard. Oh, that just makes it worse. Who's this best and why? Well, I don't like it on you, as I've told you. Oh, you have. And I think that's fine if you want to do it. I'm a libertarian in that way. What? <laughs> what? You are. You can do whatever you want, but I don't like it on you. I think that Rand and Ted looked better without it. Both friends of mine. They're both doing a fantastic job, and they're both defending me all over the place. Good-looking guys. I think they both look better personally without it. But I also think that they should do what they want to do, and that's what they'll do. And in some cases, I think it's good. But in your case, just get rid of it. Oh, my God. Don't, don't worry, guys. I'm going to get the follow-up call on this one later on. But <laughs> So last question. Before you leave office, will you let us know if there's aliens? Because this is the only thing I really want to know. I want to know what's going on. Would you ever open up Roswell and let us know what's going on in there? So many people ask me that question. You know what? I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's actually the real question I want to know. I believe them. It sounds like a kid question, but it's actually there are millions and millions of people that want to go there, that want to see it. So, okay, he's confusing the raid area 51 thing mm -hmm. as people wanting to go at, okay all right they want to see it i won't talk to you Wait, about what i'm what's what's the difference between area 51 well, and roswell, roswell is oh oh maureen johnson oh. i don't know oh do we got time uh roswell no. is the site of the first uh reported ufo crash in the mid 50s it's a town in new mexico area 51 is a military the... base in um nevada that is see, rumored to be where they keep alien technology see i just i also conflated them into one place no different places like i thought they we... built the base where the event yeah. had happened quote unquote back so. no back no 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 but um but at least some like in independence day the movie uh yeah. they go to area 51 and they say that that is where the roswell wreckage as well as one of the recovered aliens was then taken mm. but taken to area 51 area 51 has uh in the town blanking on the name of the town that's closest to area 51 but there's a ridge that you can hike to on the outskirts of that town that people go and set up overnight with like binoculars and stuff because at, at a bare minimum area 51 is a major um experimental aircraft test flight um base but side note uh wouldn't it be amazing if jeff goldblum played dojo in this interview oh yeah just side note all right so See, then you'd marry him. Sure wouldn't kill him then, would you? No, I wouldn't. Exactly. Okay, but it's a, right. people want to... So you're saying you de you may declassify, you take it. Uh, Well, hold on, hold on. He's just oh, supposed okay. to go, roll back. Well, it sounds right. like a kid question, but it's actually there are millions and millions of people that want to go there, that want to see it. I won't talk to you about what I know about it, but it's very interesting but Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. What, Dan, when he leaves office, is he <laughs> just going to start talking about everything that he's heard or thinks he's heard? Oh. 
Nothing is going to make this worth it, Maureen, but that would probably, I'd, I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> if he just started spilling the beans on everything. Like, I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> what are they going to have to do to him to like keep him quiet? <laughs> I mean, I think what they would do is be like, woo, woo, and like make a little like, you know, f- spinny sign in front of their ear. For sure, they there's a bunch of stuff they don't show him, right? Mm, yeah, probably. I like think every, literally everything. Yeah, like literally. They definitely show him fake, fake. fake. All right. Sorry, 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 sorry. So you're saying you'll, you'll, de- you'll declassify. You may declassify. Well, I have to think about that one, right? All right, so a couple of weeks ago, I found myself to be the subject of a pretty big meme that went around because I asked and made a joke on a radio show about you possibly pardoning Tiger King. Have you familiarized yourself with the situation, and is there a possibility for a pardon? Well, based on my relationship with you, I have. He is quite a character. He certainly is. He is quite a character, but you wouldn't want me to say that. But that's a whole strange deal going on, I'll tell you. That's a strange guy and a lot of strange people surrounding him. And it was interesting. I got to see a couple of those episodes. It's interesting. Yeah, well, real quick. Hold Mm -hmm. on. Real quick. The president of the United States, Mm -hmm. in the midst of a growing pandemic, Mm -hmm. found time to watch a couple episodes of The Tiger King. Yeah. Okay. Just he checking. watches a lot of TV, Dan. Definitely more than you and I combined. Oh, without a doubt. How many hours of TV do you think he watches a day? How much do you think he's awake in a day? A lot. I think he's awake a lot. Like he's I awake he's... from like five to two or so. Yeah. He's awake yeah, probably that much. Like eight hours a day, do you think? Oh, no. More. Way more than that. More. 10, 10 at least. Mm. And a lot on of times a day that just... he doesn't have a lot of like having to stand in front of the TV, mm-hmm. uh, I would guess it's more than 10. And it's on in the background a lot. Like it's like he's constantly at a sports Definitely. bar kind of a situation. Oh, without a doubt. Okay. You think he likes sports bar kind of feeling, you know, just kind of. Oh, yeah. TV's on yeah. it. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. He's a restaurateur, Maureen. Of course he does. What restaurateur does not love TVs everywhere? And the giant, giant martini glasses. Exactly. TVs everywhere. All right. I got to see a couple of those episodes. It's interesting. Yeah, well, it's funny because I was watching and obviously sort of binge watched it because of the quarantine. And then when they asked you that thing and you're just on there at that press briefing at the COVID thing. And of course, you know, they don't ask you real questions. They ask you the nonsense. But it was pretty funny when it was, uh, that sounds like done, had to be done. And I was like, yeah, I think he understands me well. So uh, I think, you know, I think I do understand you well. And you're doing a great job. Uh, Thank you, Dad. (laughs) It's the best moment of his goddamn life. The best moment of his goddamn life. Thank you, Dad. You are too. Thank you for doing this. I really... Hope you have a great Father's Day as well. Good. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Can we... Uh, like, like, literally, we... the fucking bare minimum is, oh, you... He, Donald Trump Jr. is a fucking father. <laughs> like, you respond. Thanks. You have a good one, good. too. Good. Good. 
Good. Thank you very much, okay? Can, can we take a picture, sir? That's the actual last line. <laughs> that is literally the end of it. You can't see me, but I'm rubbing my eyebrows. Like, I have my eyes closed, and I'm just rubbing my eye sockets and just... You know, we didn't even so, mention, Dan, the... the uh, we, can, we, can we just mention this? Dan, can I just mention one thing here? Anything. Dan. Yeah. That goddamn book is out today. Yeah. John Which Bolton's people, book. no one should, I'm just going to quick, hold on. I just want a quick look on Amazon. It is number one on Amazon right now. Yeah. It has yeah. only 12 ratings, weirdly. Here's the thing, Maureen. If mm. this year doesn't just reinforce that people can be very disappointing, that's another, that's another data point there. But you know who isn't disappointing, Maureen Johnson? Says Whovians, because says who yep. is made possible by you yep. through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. And another reminder, if you are giving at $5 a month, you get access to the entire bonus quarantine town watch specials, which come out every Sunday of quarantine, which is never ending. Uh, because we like creating puzzle boxes that we can never escape from. So now we've created one inside of one. That's great. We're smart, smart people. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our organ music on this episode was performed by Josh Cantor, who normally performs uh, organ music for the Boston Red Sox, but I don't think that's happening this year. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. And you can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard and Maureen Johnson. Let me tell you something. Mm. As I was putting notes together this morning, Janice said, I need to show you something on the Facebook. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. What's going on? And um, me and you, we say stuff on this podcast. Mm -hmm. sometimes and then we don't really remember that we said stuff but some people do remember that we said stuff and apparently i have no recollection of this but i believe it it sounds like something we do we suggested that people set up some sort of secret santa type gift exchange to give each other gifts during quarantine and says whovians in the facebook picked up on that set up a spreadsheet and these last couple of weeks gifts have been arriving to each other Wow. From, yeah. From Sezuvians, like many, many, a lot of them are homemade, like, you know, knit things and stuff. Some of them are just like super wonderful and meaningful. And it is just amazing to see Sezuvians pull together like that. And in so oh, many different so ways, they are so all good. really good. They're just good. They're just all good people helping each other out in all sorts of different ways. That is at. Damn it. I know, right? I know. It's at slash group slash says Whovians if you would like to join that group. And either way, spread the word about Says Who Podcast. Subscribe and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen because they help us a bunch. And also, it's wonderful to see reviews come in and we always share them with each other and we always get excited. So, Leave those reviews. It's great. And you can join us next Wednesday. Impossibly next Wednesday is July 1st, Maureen. What? That will mean that we are halfway through 
2020. Hold on, July, August, September, October. That means we have four months, basically 17 weeks at that point till the election. Oh boy. When you put it like weeks, that. Dan. Yeah. When you Dan, can we slow we down have, the clock? We will have remember that we started says who in 2016, what the last week of August? Uh, I think it was, it was, it, I think it was the very beginning of September. It was eight weeks. I think it was like September, the, yeah. maybe like the okay. 14th of September or something like that. That's almost where we're at, Dan. We're oh, almost, my word. We almost reached the point where we started. <laughs> uh, you know maybe what? We can we get those need... same eight, those same eight people back. Yeah, definitely. Also, uh, we should. At that at that anniversary point, we should do an episode where we listen back to the first episode. I don't know what to say. It's made me set off my sirens. It did. It's actually your brain going off right now. Yeah, it's anyway. Sirens or fireworks. Those are the only two options we have here in New York. <laughs> it's two the two sounds of New York summer. You can join us next Wednesday, July 1st, for our next episode from my basement in Chicago. I am Dan Sinker. Dan, do you feel any better? <clears throat> I do feel better, actually. See that? Talking's good. Yeah. And Dan, we talked about, just think how mad he still is about Tulsa. Oh, he's real mad. Did you see the footage of him coming off Marine One? I did. And all the people his, putting it over all kinds of music. and Yeah, his tie is undone. He's scrunched in his bald fist as his Make America Great hat. It's good. It's good. Yeah, like what, what do you think in terms of what they're going to do? I mean, do you think that they suddenly scrapped a bunch of rally plans after that? That's a, I mean, I'm not, I am unclear how far ahead they have been planning rallies. I mean, I know that there's this, I think maybe there's one in Wisconsin after Pence is in Wisconsin right now. I know that, <clears throat> but I don't really know. I mean, I think Parscale does not make it through, you know, this is, this is actually right around the time four years ago that Manafort got, got replaced. So, you know, there's a bunch of campaign management shakeups to come because that's how he rolls. Remember but that I, we thought that was like a sign back then of just because people oh, were yeah. going so fast that that was going to be a sign of some, something, anything. Yeah. Turns out not, not no. so much. No, not really. Not so much. No. Not so much. Anyway, say your name. I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. Did you read the PDF of the book mm, that I sent you? How dare you? I didn't read it. No. I uh, the PDF and I said, I'm not reading that shit. No. And then I sent no, no, it to no. You. Like I kind of scrolled quickly through the first pages and I just got a little little snooch of the opening paragraph and I went. John Bolton is one of those men that you know exactly what his breath smells like. And that's enough for me. 